Lord knows we could all use a good laugh, especially during the time in which this is recorded. It's being recorded in March of 2022. On this episode, I am joined by my friends, Amanda and Trevin of the Seriously Sinister podcast. The Seriously Sinister podcast focuses on petty crimes. It's almost a parody approach to the true crime podcast you may enjoy. I love the true crime podcast genre, but I am even more in love with this podcast. After this intro, I've included a trailer to give you guys more of a sneak peek into Trevin and Amanda's podcast. And also give us a listen after this and let me know what you think. You're going to love it when we talk about the petty crimes that you may have experienced against your wallet. Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Trevin. We're the hosts of Seriously Sinister, a true petty crime podcast. The show that asks, is that a murder weapon in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) We're bringing something new and different to the true crime genre. Each week, we both tell a true petty crime story with high drama and movie-like sound production. Also, get to know us with our weekly dreadful dilemmas and killer facts. Here's a sample of two of our true petty crime stories. Enjoy. As I lay on the floor crying, my vision started to become more clear, and my perpetrator came into focus. A familiar Henri laugh emerged from the man as I recognized his smile. It was my husband. I quickly ripped open the paper and turned to the third page. Earlier in the week, another call had come in. This time a woman had answered the door and got an eye full of mystery fist. The call description... We hope you all enjoyed listening along and aren't too scared to subscribe to our show. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. excited today I actually have two hosts of one of my favorite podcasts I've been listening for about a year they were actually voted best of Kansas City it is my friends Amanda and Trevin of the seriously sinister podcast welcome guys hi thanks for having us yes thanks for being on here I just listened to the most recent episode on my way to work today the you're in trouble oh yeah (laughs) I can relate. 
relate because I, you talk about your cat peeing on your shoes. I tried a few years ago to train my cats, Sassy and Simba, to use the litter quitter. Oh, litter, it's, it was the future Tom Shark Tank. And what it's supposed to do is to train your cats to use the toilet. You just take it out what? a lot of time. Yeah, you can look it up on Amazon. It's called City Kitty or Litter Quitter. It's $30. It's a piece of plastic you put on your extra toilet. You cut out the middle at first, and then you cut out the other edge, and you put the litter on top of it. It's supposed to train your cat to use the toilets. <laughs> have you heard of this, Trevin? I've seen uh, videos of it, and I have seen it work for people. I have not had the guts to get that work? Oh, my cat's uh, went and peed. My cat got in the dryer and peed on my clothes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> on the couch. They were not happy about it. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know this existed. I'm still new to the cat mom game, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the second round. I've got, um, of course, everybody knows about Simba and Sassy. They, um, Simba passed away in November this year. Sassy passed away in uh, December 2020. Now I've got two new cats, Jack and Khaleesi. Serious Jack and Khaleesi, yes. Mm. Love the Game of Thrones references. The best. (laughs) I I don't know what to do with myself on Sundays when there's not a new Game of Thrones season. Well, there's going to be that that spinoff coming or the prequel thing. Yes, House of the Dragon. It's based on yeah. Fire and Blood. That'll be cool, hopefully. Yeah. I'm excited. I love the Targaryen house. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't think the series did them any justice. No. <laughs> no. I the... haven't I haven't watched it yet. I need to. It's a long watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe <laughs> on maternity leave. <laughs> but here's what's effed up about Game of Thrones is you're going to find yourself cheering for people to go down. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, you know, like a football game. You're like, yeah, they got him. Yes. That tummy's out of this world. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, that would work for me. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> we love violence. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of violence, maybe a, with the crimes that you guys cover on seriously signature podcast, maybe not the violent crimes, but they're petty crimes. We right. tell everyone what a petty crime is. Yeah. Totally. I mean, so Trevin and I do not cover the traditional true crime topics. Um, We don't talk about murder. I think the only time, sometimes in the games we play, we will. And we did do one crime story where a dog like killed some ducks, but (laughs) (laughs) overall our crimes are more of the petty sort Less violent, more ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying the ducks were getting on the dog's nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah, like most shows, when you hear somebody say, oh, we're, we're true crime and comedy, it's usually people talking about like a gruesome murder or somebody got kidnapped and never found again. And then they're just like, oh, but I, uh, did I tell you I'm lactose intolerant now? You know, they just make these jokes around murders and whatnot. And I thought, well, well, I don't really want to do that because one, I don't want to tackle stuff that seriously. And, and two, you know, some people have a problem with that form of, you know, entertainment. So I thought, well, I don't know of any shows that take, you know, stupid, silly criminals making mistakes or just small time crimes. And instead of making jokes around it, 
just trying to play at least the retelling of it in a super serious manner. And that was how this was born. Speaking so. of lactose intolerance, the dollar <laughs> store flatulence. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a great story. And then you talked about the, it was in the ghosting episode where you talked about custard. You talked about Freddy's. Oh, yeah. And their custard is so good. It should be a crime. It really should oh, be. I love that place. It's yeah. so good. But yeah, we uh, we like to t- to kind of flip the true crime podcast genre on its head and talk about silly things and make it sound serious instead of serious things and making it lighthearted. You know, like we just kind of wanted to do something a little bit different and something that would work for our personalities because... I don't think we're really made to talk about really, really heavy stuff on a regular basis. No, that's definitely not how we work. And it just, I don't know, it's its a lot more us. It just gives us a chance to find different angles. And I think Amanda and I are both kind of funny people. So to, to look more at a comedic angle of things is more, I think, just more more of a challenge and more fun. Yeah. I think just in this day and world, you've got to find something to laugh at. I mean, most of the laughable crimes I find are from the state of Florida. And (laughs) some of those are really not funny. They're just, they're bizarre, but. Right. Maybe not. It's like, I'm laughing at this, but it's like, I'm laughing at it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's one of my favorite things to do is just to take something that is so ridiculous like that. And uh, almost do like what I what I like to consider is like millennial angst and just be like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to a person, even though, you know, there are actual terrible things happening out there. But, you know, just a guy going around Starbucks and trying to steal people's phones off the table, you know, playing that off as could you imagine a worst thing to ever happen to a human being, you know, and just with that <laughs> amount of dread is it's, it's something about it just really speaks to my soul. Yeah, we there was a lady that was going around the Kroger's in Nashville and licking the ice cream. Oh, gosh. Was it the one that made national news? I think this did make national news. Like, yeah, it was I a, remember that. Around COVID, like, uh, early COVID time, right? <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was on camera. They She just opened up the ice cream, I guess, broke the seal and licked it. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe. I don't even understand how someone would get joy out of doing that. But yeah, I, don't I mean, I did tell it one story where a guy would go to a store and he would just like poke holes in all the bread and cookies in the store. We did cover that one. I mean, I guess really maybe this guy had like something about the sensory of, you know, poking holes maybe he enjoyed. But I guess maybe the girl just wanted to sample a few ice creams. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to really try to pinpoint what some of these people's motives is. And that, that's what I think is so fun with us because we not only do we cover these kind of things, but because we break it into like a seven to 13 minute long narrative, we have to kind of, you know, take our creative writing for a spin and do a little bit of, of extra work and make almost like the movie version of the story. So when you hear stuff like that, you think, what do you think this person's motive would be? Right. And Amanda, you know, she she went with the sensory thing. And I actually had that one on my list that I was eventually going to do but didn't do. And my motive, what I was going to write, was that he was doing the keto diet. And so he was just <laughs> He just knew that he couldn't eat bread. 
Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun to to play with those and uh, to make it just. It's almost like a you know like a like practice in writing. Just like oh, take this small headline and build me a story out of it. Yeah. To be fair, I have heard people blame the Atkins diet for their behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I've done keto. And it could happen. Yeah, I, I understand why that diet can make you angry. <laughs> That's a good point, though. I never really thought about it like that, Trevin, because a lot of other true crime podcasts, um, when they cover like a really well-known case or even something that's like a really mm-hmm. intense case, a lot of times they will be able to dig into the uh, criminal's background and their their home life growing up and all those things. But with you and I, and we even say our stories are based on real petty crimes. And we usually tell like, okay, I kind of added this in there for the the story or whatever. But a lot of the times we have to come up with our people's backstories because no one's going to do a deep dive on these people. It's just like a funny clickbait article. Yeah. And as far as news people go, it might be you know, kind of against ethics to actually go digging up somebody who just, you know, somebody who just uh, stole somebody's wallet once, they probably can't go doing a full expose on why this person sucks. Right. But it, yeah, it's, it's, we usually always at the end of every story, we'll give a recap of like, here is what we actually do know. So if you want to go talk to your friends about this, you know, you're not just blowing smoke with some of our made up stuff. Like, you'll remember the extra stuff we put in the story for the comedic twist of it, yeah. but you're still going to leave knowing like the butt what song. this is. Yeah, like the butt <laughs> song, exactly. Brilliant. Uh, that's going to have to be put on TikTok eventually, I think. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Put it on Instagram so people can follow you and find the butt song. Go directly to it. Yeah, yeah. we should put it on there, too, yeah. We need to do a, a whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, the butt song. I almost forgot how, about that gym. How? I don't know. And you guys have the best intro. So the latest episode's intro was where we pretend to love our pets, yet we complain about them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trevin always, uh, he starts our each and every show off with just like a really funny intro. And I laugh a lot in general, but I swear I've laughed at every single one you've ever said. Yeah, I've <clears throat> when we were kicking around ideas of what to do when we started the show, I really just wanted to have like it's almost just like a subplot of the show where it seems like I am searching for the intro catchphrase of the show, but I just never land and keep one, so I just keep going to different ones. And it's been fun trying to think of, you know, short little quips to start every episode with. Very creative. I I wish yeah, I think I need to figure out something for my intros instead of just being like here is my guest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you could just try a different one every week and just see which one feels right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's really what podcasting is. It's just trial and error, figuring out what sticks. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We've changed a lot <laughs> since the beginning. Honestly. Oh yeah. We just recorded our 50th episode and we did like a top five. Well, you'll, you'll hear it next week when we put it out, but we uh, we did a top five of each one of our favorite top five that we did throughout the first 50. And just going back and listening to some of those stuff, I've, I've noticed that my cadence of speaking has significantly slowed down from where I began. I was kind of rushing through the stories and getting a little quicker. But now I let, I let the stories breathe a lot more. So there's more room for the silly sound effects. 
it's almost just like you're planning it better at the source on how I'm going to speak this so that it will translate better with everything else that we're going to do in post. I love it. I also love, sometimes I think we're on the same wavelength because we, I think we did an episode talking about, and I did get a lot of flack for this, but the Lula Rich scandal. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I got a lot of flack because I, I guess a lot of my listeners do the MLM and direct sales but I'm just saying, I can hey, see that this is, this is what I, this is what I saw. This is what I witnessed. I don't think that everybody in direct sales or MLM buys into this, but it's like, okay, these women, they go into debt to buy these leggings. They don't even know what they're going to be selling. And to be fair, I do have actually a pair of them that I thrifted and they are comfortable. They're not right. dollars comfortable, but they're comfortable. <laughs> but these women not only sold their soul and got into debt, they we're getting plastic surgery and talk about Penny. One lady go and walks in her first day wearing Chanel, which dressing up is a high form of respect for what you do for yourself and your business. She's wearing Chanel and the CEO makes her change into LuLaRoe. I'm sorry, but. Oh, I know. Into my business wearing Chanel. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I'd be asking them to tell me how to dress, yeah. not me tell them what to wear. <laughs> so <laughs> the leggings looked indecent because they would have like corn on the cob where, you know, a male genitalia would be. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> or Some of those were so awkward. Yeah, the hamburger one. Uh, gross. That's, mm-hmm. That was the worst. What? Yeah, there are so many. See, I can I can see both sides because... Like, my sister-in-law used to sell LuLaRoe, and obviously I watched Lula Rich, and I kind of saw red flags with even, like, people that I know selling it right from the beginning, but also I, I understand why they got into it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many, like, money scandals out there right now, and I just feel like, MLMs are just so, and I actually talked about this as a dreadful dilemma on one of our shows, because I feel like it's really targeted towards like women and like stay at home moms that are like trying to make uh, a name for themselves, trying to help their families in like even a little small way. And I do also see how like it can bring a community of people together, which is really nice. But man, I mean, the fact that you have to spend all that money up front and not even know what product you're getting. Yeah, you should at least be able to pick what what you're going to sell. So that way, I mean, any good person trying to run a business gets to at least pick what their product's going to be so they can push it, not, you know, roll the die and see what they get. Yeah. Let me try those leggings on and get a phallic surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. And like, I, I've seen people like have fun at the parties for and everything. Um, I knew from the get go, it was not for me. Cause I'm just not like a, a risk taker with my money in that way. Like I don't like to gamble. I don't either. Uh, and, no. and so it's like, if I feel strongly about something, then cool. Like I will put money towards that, but a gamble like that and something that's like, it's guaranteed money going to the top. 
and not any guarantee for yourself, that kind of, I don't know, that, that gave me red flags right from the beginning. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's weird to think that people that are above, they're more in the, uh, it's kind of like when they say, what, what did they say about McDonald's? <laughs> like McDonald's was in the property business because just because they were expanding out. It's kind of like that. Like they're, yes. Once you get to a certain spot when you're bigger in these MLMs, you're not in the pants business anymore. You're in the people business and you're just profiting off the people. You must have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, no, I just uh, I just watched that uh, McDonald's movie. Oh, you watched that? Okay, okay. That's just, uh, just what was that called? For real estate. Was it called McMillions or something like that? No, I'm talking about the one with uh, with Michael Keaton. Uh, it's called like the boss or the CEO. Hold on, uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, the founder. It's called the founder. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. I need to watch that. I but really probably, enjoyed that movie. I'll probably get pissed off, though, right? Eh. <laughs> I mean, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I haven't watched that founder. I haven't watched the founder. I have watched the Beanie Babies special, which is really interesting. Where I watched that the- last night. Yeah. Did you ever watch that one, Trevin? No, I didn't. I think you told me yesterday we were talking about covering it, and I had something come up last night, so I couldn't actually watch it. Well, no worries. You, I mean, we all, what? I I don't know exactly, like, when you were born, Ella, but I assume, like, we were all, like, 90s kids in a way, right? And, um, I mean, we all remember. I, I know I do. I remember when Beanie Babies were in the Happy Meals and they were like the tiny little Beanie Baby versions. Yes, they were so And I, yeah, and I remember like hearing on the news, hearing like how much a Beanie Baby was worth now and how people thought they were going to be sending their kids to college with these Beanie Babies. Like, even if you haven't watched it, Trevin, I'm sure you remember that time period. I lived that for sure, yeah. I, I had some Beanie Babies and my... My dad him, himself would be like, oh, these are kind of stupid. But he was so bought in on the, well, they are going to be worth money one day, though. So yeah. then he was a little more supportive of it because he thought he was making some stupid investment by buying these stuffed animals. <laughs> I'm seeing that with NFTs right now. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, I can kind of see them. I did the Powerpuff and then the racehorsing one. And, yeah, they could be worth a lot of money. But I also was like, oh, they could be the Beanie Babies of the Internet. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. I've... I've started thinking more kind of about that as I feel like uh, crypto is like the MLM for bros. Yes, I saw that <laughs> meme. I'm not going to lie. I, I do have some crypto, but, you know, we talk about gambling. I'm never going to spend more than what I'm willing to lose. I, you know, right. in my 20s, I used to go out and party and spend money, like $15 on a glass of wine here, $10 on a beer there. Since I don't like do that anymore, that money that I save up, I'll go and I'll buy some stocks with it. Now, most of my stocks are going to be like index funds and more long-term investments mm. instead of, you know. Not like GameStop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, <clears throat> I want to be a part of the future. So that's why I do the crypto thing. I want to be a part of the future. I would like to have that form of currency. I like the idea behind it but I'm not going to pay up more than I'm willing to lose. Yeah, I totally get that. I think that's where people go wrong on a lot of these like money scams and, and, you know, big opportunities that people are getting into. It's just, yeah. I mean, if you're smart about it or like, for example, 
I don't like to gamble. My mom does. She's an accountant. She's very strict about her money. But every time she goes into a casino, she plans out exactly how much she's willing to lose, like you said. And she has fun doing it. So, like, that's worth it to her, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think sometimes people just huh, go a little too far and yeah. end up giving away their whole life savings. And then that's when it just gets really crazy. Yeah. I yeah. think the housing market right now is <laughs> it's a huge gamble to buy right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even know how you did that, Trevin. Honestly, like, you guys somehow got a decent deal, but, like, everyone else that I know that went house hunting, um, I mean, maybe you guys did it slightly before it got weird. I'm trying No, to it was bad. It was bad. Okay. The only reason why we got this house was because... So, I, I pulled some strings to get a... Okay, so we lost... I went, like, 28 over on a house. Didn't get it because the person who beat me did a cash offer. So then we pulled some strings and we're like, okay, we got a cash offer. So then we found this house that we thought was the house for us. And I mean, I, I went in, I had already lost like twice to cash offers. So I thought, here we go. And like slamming cash on the table and saying (laughs) cash offer, this house is mine. I don't got to sweat about it. And then we lost to somebody who went way above us without cash. And I thought, well, what, you know, it's almost like playing a game of cards and it's just like, who's, show your cards, what do you got sort of a thing. And then on the, this house, uh, we had, it was already sold, but somebody, for some reason, the person that had it just completely backed out. They got the, um, they got the inspection and the inspection was good, but for some reason they got cold feet and dropped out of the house. And we were like, uh, we have a cash offer. And at that point they were just impatient because it was already supposed to be, you know, off their hands. And so when I said, when we said cash offer, I think we even actually paid a little less than what the original person was going to, because we were just like, whatever, we can do it now. And they said, good, just let me move out. So it, it worked out, got lucky. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations I, and happy belated birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. I know uh, you're, you're, you're so old now, Trevin. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But one thing I wanted to say about you guys, we're talking about uh, the gambling and only spending as much as you're willing to lose is, you know, back in the 90s, at least with my parents, you know, my parents would play the Powerball. My parents, you know, would buy into the Beanie Baby thing. And I think that's because the amount of communication that we had back in those days was a lot more limited to where the media and news outlets could kind of control what was going to be big by just saying, this is the next big thing, or, you know, or magazines. Now we have the internet where everybody has a voice and you can get news from anywhere. And so the world has became, and I've always said this a lot of times where it almost seems like the world's smaller now, just because I can hear from so many different kinds of people and to where I can say, Oh, I know somebody who's done this. Oh, I know somebody who's done this. Now, am I really close to somebody who's actually experienced that? no, but all I have to do is step out on Reddit and look at like our stocks or whatever. And some guy dropped $12 into a stock and then became, you know, had like $50,000 by the end of the week. And so you don't even have places like the news outlets trying to advertise this and bump it up for you. You've got regular people out here just getting lucky and you hear a success story every day from so many different things. Somebody, you know, somebody getting super successful on an MLM, somebody hitting it big on a stock, a crypto. And it just, 
it's even worse for somebody who does have that bit of a gambler's mentality where they're just like, Ooh, the next one's the big one. And when you all you're, you're just surrounded by people everywhere who are hitting the big one. And it's not like you're in one casino. You get to hear about the whole world's casinos and everywhere is winners. And it just makes it seem like you're just one, you're just one push of the button away from being one of those people too. And I think that is not always, not such a good thing. I think that's actually hindering people to have that much of a reach of information. Yeah, I, that's a good way to look at it. I feel like a lot of people that do that, and I, and I like some MLM products. I do. Mm-hmm. I love the color street nails. I do think doTERRA makes a more superior product as essential oils because I'm hippy dippy about my house. But <laughs> To your point, I know a lot of people that they join the MLMs, they go from one to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they're selling expensive leggings, expensive makeup, it's, it, it is kind of a gamble. And I, I kind of got, you said you interviewed earlier for two different MLMs, not yeah. MLM. Yeah. I had um, an unsuspecting situation where, so my friend got a free air purifier and I'm like, well, you know, I can always use it as an air purifier because I have two cats. And she said, this is not a scam. It's my friend. I trust her. Oh, and- man, that makes it even tougher. <laughs> yeah, so I click on it. I sign up for there. And they're like, hey, what can- we're going to come in do a meeting. We're going do a presentation for you. And I was like, okay, what's the catch on this? And like, it's not a catch. It's going to help her out. And I'm like, my friend joined it in MLM. So they come to my house. And the guy does a presentation. He shows me this, and it's a cool product. He shows me the air purifier. Then he shows me how it turns into a vacuum, how well it cleans, and just uh, how, how what the advantages of that are in the shark. And I said, this is a cool product. What's the cost? He's like, $4,800. Or you can go sell a couple yourself. Like, you set up 12 appointments. They give it to you for free. And then he's like, okay, so, you know, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to finance it? I said, nope. I already told Ann. I told my friend I was not buying. I'm just doing this to help her out. And then I found out to get my free air purifier, I either have to send them like shipping costs through the mail or go to a customer appreciation event. And I've been through this before. I went through this with Juice Plus. I bought the product because I'm like, ooh, fruits and vegetables in a capsule. That's awesome. And then I get recruited to go to these events. And I was like, yeah. And then that becomes our social life. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm in sales full time for a living. I like that. But I will say this. Um. Robert Kiyosaki talked about it. He said, MLMs offer excellent training opportunities for salespeople mm-hmm. because you've got to have some balls to message people you don't know. Oh, absolutely. I, hey, and also I'm with you. I love essential oils. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't sell them, but when I, I mean, I'll occasionally buy a couple of them because I'm telling you like the basil one, I don't know if you know this, you probably do. Maybe, but the basil one I can put on a mosquito bite right after I get it and it disappears. No, I did not know that. Okay. Well, girl, I'm really allergic to mosquito bites and it has worked for me. (laughs) Oh, good to know. It's so weird. But anyway, yeah, I think if you're passionate about a product and it really works and like things that you've experienced, then like, great. But like you were saying, like the people who jump from MLM to MLM to MLM and it's like, and then when it becomes your whole entire life and the only reason you're reaching out to people is just to sell products to them. Ooh, that makes can the make person things. on the other end feel used. 
Yeah, I yeah. think it's a red flag to see just to see anything really consume your life. I mean, I love I love our show and my Facebook is not nothing but seriously sinister. I still have a life that I show. Amanda still shows right. stuff with her kids and or her kid and stuff that she does with her family. It's just like anytime you kind of just become one dimensional on anything is kind of weird and somewhat of a I don't know. It, it, it I don't know if it's something about your personality or just something about how you're just sucked into something, but it's not, it's not a good thing for anybody to be that much into something. Uh, I did want to say you had said that, oh, now I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, you said MLM was a really good uh, training opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, no rejection. It kind of made me think about something that I actually just talked to Amanda about. It'll be in one of our upcoming shows, but I talked about TikTok and how these young kids are putting in a lot of work and doing some really difficult things just to shoot these, you know, 30 second TikTok videos that are pretty high production. And I'm like, you could, these are real skills that you could actually go to a film school or if you actually wanted to make a a really good, you know, a career in somehow editing video or something. And honestly, TikTok is not that, uh, I don't think it's that user friendly compared to an actual video editing software, you could take yeah. those skills and your ability to to want to go the extra mile to get the good shot or whatever that you do. And a lot of these kids, if they just, I don't know, believed in themselves or realized that that is a really good opportunity and direction they could go, they would kill it in an actual environment where they actually were shooting things. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with MLM people too. They a lot of people who are good when they're in their MLM are very, very dedicated. And you're right. It takes a lot of balls to go out there and reach out to people. I, I work for a semi-truck dealership. And if my salesman there had half of the sales ability that I see these MLM people with, they'd be killing it. I mean, there are jobs that would use people with that kind of dedication and would give them... I would hope that much better opportunity than an MLM and you don't have to pay to get in. You don't have to pay to get in. No. And I mean, you get benefits, insurance. Yeah. You're training your time, but you know, if you're, you're training your time for something, if a company hires you and gives you benefits and a salary, then they pretty much know you're going to be producing. Right. Mm. So yeah, it just, it's kind of weird how I was thinking about that. It's, it's one of those things where it just seems like a, a piddly small thing or, you know, maybe it's not, it's not viewed on the same level as like a job, just like, you know, making a TikTok is not viewed on the same level as making a movie. But I mean, it's still skills that work interchangeably within just a different realm. Yeah. I, I would like to know, we talked about this earlier, how these people are making money. People actually make money just to post on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. I've, I, I used to be in a small group with a girl who, is a full-time influencer now mm-hmm. it's in California. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah you should, you should interview a good influencer and do that. I would, I would be very interested to know more like, about teach how us they your ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really something. I mean, and it's a lot of work. I mean, even for what we all do with our shows, whoo, it's a lot of effort, you know, to make like episode clips, uh, constantly posting so people don't forget when an episode comes out. I mean, 
It's it's not an easy thing. It seems like it would be because you're just getting to do it at your own pace and at home. But those influencers, yeah. they put in work. Yeah, I feel like with our show, I feel like I could get at least an uh, what, what's that called? Like I could get an early job as a social media person now at this point, and I don't think I could have done that before we did this show. Yeah. So that's and yeah, a lot of those things. That- a lot of people that work in advertising and public relations, they find out that they make more money for themselves if they just go into business for themselves online. Mm-hmm. Mm. Makes sense. Yep. Whew. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the, the closest, I never worked for an MLM, but I used to work as a life touch church photographer. <laughs> and <laughs> I, oh my God, it was, it was, it was crazy sometimes. I mean, that's a whole nother story, but working on commission like that. Um, and sometimes you'd show up at a church and people would really want you there, you know, and other times you'd show up and they really just didn't And (laughs) being flexible and trying to do a good job without like manipulating and being cruel. Cause I did see that a lot in that job as well, where people would, lie and and squeeze different things into people's packages without explaining it to them especially like older people oh no yeah I'm telling you I saw some really sketchy conversations happening with some of my coworkers, but um but I just tried to do quality work and I was always honest about what I was selling um so I was never the top but I also wasn't the bottom just because I was trying so hard so even though that was not the job for me, I feel like it taught me a lot about sales and about working with people and about staying resilient when someone just totally takes the crap on you. <laughs> yes. And only rejection, man. It's yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. The rejection. I mean, I could go on and on about stories of people just like totally freaking out on me over really weird reasons, but um, jobs like that really do help you grow as a person. I remember first retail jobs, Coles and Victoria's Secret. You have to pitch a credit card to the customers. All the no's I got and the evil stares, especially in Dave Ramsey world in Tennessee, where financing is the devil. You don't do it. That's mm-hmm. that somebody needs to do a documentary on him. Just oh, like, yeah. Somebody should do a documentary on him because there's some juice there. But I just remember how people are like, no, you know how much credit cards are. And then they'll go on about how much interest and I'm like, oh, you can save 20%. Okay. <sighs> like, I have to say this, please. Don't yeah. harm me. <laughs> and then I get pressure from the back end. They're just like, you just keep asking people. And, you know, when they say no, tell them this. And it's like, yeah, a, a lot of credit. That's that's a lot to ask for somebody. Yeah, it's yeah. so easy to be up top and telling somebody else what to do when you're not the one doing it. Oh, absolutely. And then they're the ones profiting off of it anyway. Right. Hello, Undercover Boss. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I love that show. I didn't tell all that would have been. Everybody wants that show to be in their job. Right. Yeah. Be like, notice me, CEO. Like, <laughs> I matter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. <sighs> so I kind of want to play a game with you guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to call this a, we're going to call this the game. It's going to be called a Petty Crumb or Purchase Worthy. Okay. So 
MLMs, we all agree that those are petty crimes or some are petty crimes, some are purchase worthy. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it depends on what it is and, you know, I, I see good and I see bad. Really. I, mean, I, I know there are those very teeny tiny little details that can make one illegal and make one still legal, even though it seems very illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to me, just business practices and just how the people feel afterwards, I feel like they're all petty crimes just because I wouldn't want to work under those conditions. A 3% chance too. Oh, yeah. 97% of people lose money on him. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I, I would never personally work for one either, although I have bought things from them. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times it was because a loved one of mine or a good friend or family member was the one selling them. Like, I don't really search them out and just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't go looking to buy that stuff ever. I'll say yeah, that. yeah. So I guess we're all on board with the petty on that one. Yeah. Yep. So overpriced leggings from Lululemon that cost a hundred dollars. I love leggings. I love leggings too, but um, I don't know. You know, if you have the funds to spend that kind of money, then. I would probably say, okay, purchase worthy. But I think for the average Americans, <laughs> that's honestly just like it too much to spend on a, a material like that. Yeah. Like I have, I have found some amazing, even like maternity leggings that I'm wearing right now um, at Target. Okay. I mean, and, and call me a cheapo, but cheapo. you know, <laughs> But I am more of like a frugal person. Is that the right word? Frugal? Yeah. Frugal. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, I just think it's way too much money. Unless you have that kind of money, then and you're just buying it for the brand. Yeah. Yeah. I say purchase worthy as well. At that point, when you're going for a name brand like that, it's you're buying status or just the name. And some people think that the status and the name is worth the price on the tag. Just like Apple. Right. <laughs> I'm a Samsung person, so. Well, so I'm, are we. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing this from a MacBook, but I love Samsung Galaxy. Right? And the new Google Pixel looks amazing. When my, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, the only thing I'm Apple for is my computer because my whole studio setup has been Apple. I was trained on Apple, and Logic is only for Apple. So, unfortunately, I'll probably always be Apple computer-wise, but you'll never catch me rocking an iPhone. Yeah, same, 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 same. We're all on the same page there. Yes. <laughs> my iPad freezes up, so I think buying that was a petty crime. But that's the only thing that works. For my my company, I have you know have to have Outlook and like CRM on it. And you can do that on Android too. But I like to keep my phone in my. I like to keep my my personal my work separate. So I get oh, that. Yeah. iPad, and then I do my personal computer's a PC, and my no, my personal computer's a MacBook, and my work computer's a PC. Nice. Mm. Yeah. It's good to know all of them. It yeah, really is. It is. Got to be versatile. So the legal gambling that is on the apps where you bet on sports. Oh, mm. boy. It would be a petty crime for me because I have not watched a football game in years. I used to be really into football. Now I'm like, oh, cool. I did like watching the Braves win. Baseball team. It's my favorite. <laughs> 
watched years was that game. I'm curious to see what Trevin says about this because he is like more of a sports person than me. Um, I, I just like football, but yeah, for sure. What do you? How do you feel about those, Trevin? Oh, it's so hard to say. I. It's so weird gambling on stuff online. I mean, I guess if you're if you're betting on a sports event, that's not so bad. But like when like we have like online slots and online you know card games and stuff like that, it just it's so hard. I mean, I know at a casino, a lot of those things are digital too, so they could they could easily be manipulated. I if I ever purchase from it, it's if I ever gamble at a casino, it's going to be like once every like decade or every five years or something. <laughs> uh, it just made me think of so there's this old movie called mafia it's from like 1998 and it's made by the people who a lot of people did like airplane naked gun like those very spoofy kind of movies kind of like what our stories are and there's in the movie they have this really silly casino that you walk by and everything's just a total joke like there's one where they're playing like shoots and ladders and stuff and putting like big piles of money and then like it's just a giant board game but there's one uh table there that just says guess the number and so it's set up like a uh, a game of blackjack where there's a dealer and then there's like six people around there. And they have the numbers on the board, one through ten, and so they put their chips on the number. And all the people put their chips on the number they think the guy is thinking of. And then the dealer just looks around at all of the where all the stacks of the money are and he looks for the one that doesn't have any money on it and goes, hmm. I was actually thinking of six. And everybody's like, ah. <laughs> and they, they shovel their money in. And then the right before the scene changes, the guy who just lost looks at the dealer in the eye and goes, 30 on six. And then it's just over. It's just a, a stupid thing. But that's what I feel like you're playing guess the number with a system that can change their number on you. Yeah. When it comes to stuff like that. So a really a long analogy there. But I would say <laughs> I would only... I would only purchase from it if it was like a special occasion. I just had nothing better to do that night. So I would say petty. Petty. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I'm, I'm not a gambling kind of person in general. And kind of like Trevin was saying, like, I don't know, like just putting all your stuff out there. Like, I know we, we all shop online. So we're all kind of taking a risk every day, every <laughs> second of our lives. But I don't know. It just doesn't really seem safe or that you're really like the house always wins right they always say that yeah right they'll they'll let you think you're winning for a while I did that in Vegas I so my friend let me I don't I plan not to gamble I was just gonna take advantage of the free drinks in the casino she's yeah. like your ten dollars she bought me my first slots I got up to three hundred dollars and it all I'm like why didn't you just let me stop at three hundred mm-hmm. right I can have an extra two hundred and ninety dollars to my name right right <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. I remember one time I put $1 bill into um, a gambling machine because my mom like forced me to go (laughs) and I won $25 from the one and I was like cashing out, not playing any other games. And she was like, what? You can keep playing. And I was like, no, why would I? I just made (laughs) 25 from one. Um, but I get it. Like it's once you win, there's that excitement and you just think, what if, what if, what if I could, you know, make more Mm -hmm. and more. It's just, it's, that's why I don't even like to go because I'm like, I don't want that kind of temptation. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you on there. If I'm spending my money, I want it where I can see it. Yeah. That's in yep. my closet, in my house, wherever. I It needs to be worthy. Yeah, and if yeah. I'm going to put my money into it, I want it to be something where I feel like I have a little bit of control on whether or not I'm going to get the money back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just a game of chance. Yes. Let me think. So we're all, I think we're all on the same page at Bitcoin and, you know, any form of cryptocurrency is, it is borderline petty crime, but we just don't know yet. I think it's too soon to tell. And I honestly don't know enough about it personally either. I have never done well with it. So to me, I'm just kind of butthurt about it. And I'm going to (laughs) say petty because I'm not happy about losing. I had a coworker make thirty thousand dollars off his. Bit. He's probably made more than that since I talked to him. But oh wow, wow! When everybody was laughing at it, now look at it. Yeah, I think that's just, it. and I think it's just one of those things that, like, yeah, if you get on it early. But now I feel like it's so hip. I mean, I just ordered food from my favorite Mexican restaurant the other day, like online, and cryptocurrency was like a choice for me to pay and i was like what i was like okay this is like this common now people are taking it and and here's i love that's one of my biggest things is i love ordering food online but the charges that they charge the extra fees Mm -hmm. and you know i think it's a petty crime to not tip your it's it's really a crime to not tip your driver and your delivery person yes But by the time you pay it, you're paying ten or fifteen dollars more, right? Especially if you're ordering like a fast food meal. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. That makes me think of like buying ticket uh, movie tickets online too. It's uh, I have an AMC near me, and then I also have a B and B theater uh, in the next town over. And my friends like to be like to go to that one a lot more, even though I have the the Stubbs card with AMC. But if you're not a member and don't have that signed up, just like the online ticket fees of buying a ticket online is like 10 bucks. It's like, why should I have to pay an extra $10 to buy a ticket? Like, this isn't a concert. I just don't understand. Like, I'm going to go see the new Batman after your baby shower Saturday. And (laughs) I spent so much money on online tickets just buying my tickets ahead because I knew that there was no way. I mean, because it was already filling up because it's just coming out. But the only way I was going to save that money is if I left work, drove all the way down to that other theater, bought the tickets in person, and then came back. So mm. unless I paid this monthly fee to be a member, and then I wouldn't have to pay that fee. And it's like, what is that paying for? Yeah. So, you know? <laughs> Most membership fees count on the fact that people aren't going to be utilizing it. Even Netflix and Hulu yeah. chart pay a monthly fee, knowing you probably won't get your money's worth out of that. But if you right. want to do a certain show, you got to pay for it. Yeah, right? did you ever did you ever follow uh oh what was that called? Movie Pass? The the old card where you would pay like ten dollars a month and you could see yes. Yeah, and that, that went under hardcore yeah. because they did it all wrong. Well, I happen to know that ClassPass, I have a couple friends who own fitness facilities, and what ClassPass would do is let them pay, take different classes at a certain price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would get memberships out of ClassPass, but ClassPass wouldn't always pay the gems that were under them Ooh. properly. That sounds a lot like how MoviePass worked. Yeah. yeah. 
Ooh, that's not okay. That is petty AF right there. Yeah, that's definitely not okay because, I mean, you know, it's not – a lot of times these gyms and studios don't necessarily make money off memberships and classes alone. They Mm -hmm. have to find other sources of income because they're competing with, you know, people taking certain – no, there's certain types of things you don't want to learn on Amazon or YouTube or – but – Right. Yeah, that membership stuff is pretty crazy. Just they, they really do just expect yeah. you to pay it and not do it, much like a gym membership. Yeah. Or yeah. You don't need that. Was another, uh, there's a skincare MLM that I used to buy from, and you had to remember to go back in and edit the cart, edit whatever, so they didn't continue to send you stuff. Oh. And I got tired of it. I'm like, I'm tired of the fact that I have to have a membership, pay once a year to be a part of this membership, and then I have to remember to edit my cart just so y'all don't send me stuff I don't need. Yeah, it sounds like an extra stress to have to try to keep track of just to save yeah. yourself from buying something on accident. Yeah, so I don't do a subscription service unless it's well worth it. That bit fun is well worth it for me. My mom has that. She yeah. loves it. <laughs> I love it because I got a $100 skincare device, the PMT, as part of my box and I pay 200 for membership and then I get, you know, nice clothes through it. And Oh yeah. She just gave me some slippers from there and they're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's well worth it for me. I do HBO max. Oh yeah. I love HBO max. Love HBO max because every show, all my favorite shows are on HBO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the exception of big bang theory, although that's on HBO max. So. Hmm. Yeah. Covered. Yeah, I think I think when where a lot of it comes to is like are you getting a good deal from whatever you're signing up for? Are you spending like way over budget and like drowning yourself in debt for these things and and if you're getting a good deal and if you genuinely enjoy what you're doing, I think it's okay, you know? Yeah. It's just when it it's like financially ruining you and you're just like, keep having this blind faith that things are going to change that. I just think a lot of people have that problem of realizing that. Yeah. There's that, that whole, the only way out is through mentality. And you're like, well, I'm already in debt. Might as well go in more in debt just to get out of it. And then you just don't. And what's interesting is we drive up the cost of things. So the Beanie babies, they're selling for like five or $10. We as a society, as consumers, made Beanie Babies worth thousands of dollars. Yep. Same thing we're doing with, same thing with clothes even. I love, you know, nice clothing, Nordstrom's, going shopping there. But let's face it, some of the quality for a $30 purse that you can buy at Target, it's not much different than the purses people pay hundreds of dollars for, even thousands. Some people just have right. to brand name. I don't yeah. like, like things that are, and I think millennials, they did a study that millennials are not as designer conscious as generations before us, but I don't want a purse that's got somebody else's name all over it. Right. right. Yeah. I used to, but the only reason I did that was to fit in. Now, when it comes down to me, I'm like, no, I like, you know, to look chic. Yeah. But. Yeah. Not in high school anymore. We're not really looking yeah. at the, the tag. <laughs> But I've got friends that will spend, and that, that's what makes them happy. They'll spend thousands of dollars on something they put on the floor. Yeah, wow. and that's an interesting thing, too, when you, when you bring up Nordstrom's. I, uh, before I started dating Emily, my, my last uh, ex was very into fashion. And so I didn't understand the world of Nordstrom's and, like, the fancier clothes and stuff like that. And 
we would walk in the Nordstrom's and then across the street, there was a Nordstrom's rack. Yeah. And it's, it's so nuts how when a set, a certain style of jean, which isn't even much different than the next, you know, uh, season's style, it's going to come out. And that thing will drop like 60% in price just, and then go over the Nordstrom rack and then sell a little bit cheaper. And it's like this to me, I'll buy a pair of jeans and you know, I'll probably make those things last a couple of years not knowing that, you know, I'm sporting such an out of date looking jean and didn't realize it, <laughs> but it really does. It's almost like buying a brand new car and taking it off the lot and then it just losing its value. It's so crazy that if you were actually keeping up with the fashion trend on what, you know, a place like Nordstrom is deciding is what's in yeah. those things only have like a three month life cycle. And then they're worth much less after that. It's crazy. There's some places that will resell designer clothes, but especially shoes. I love shoes, but I know how fast the heel wears down. Even mm-hmm. those yeah. nice shoes. Why am I going to pay so much for, you know, a heel that is needle thin that I'll probably break at some point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And nothing is more sad than buying something expensive and then having it break on you really early right. in the time mm. having it. But that's yeah. a big problem against yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It really True. is. I know. I love that there's um like more companies coming out that um you can like sell and exchange your name brand stuff or like your your nicer yeah, stuff. Mark and Mercury. Yeah. It's like okay, because I just feel like I'm not a huge brand person either, kind of like you were saying, Ella, but um but for those people who who do like that stuff and who have spent their hard-earned money, but maybe the shirt doesn't fit anymore or whatever, I'm like, that's a really good, at least we're not like just throwing things away and, you know. Yeah. And you're going to make way more money back doing it that way than going to one of these secondhand stores. Not so much like thrift stores, but I don't know what you have out there, Ella, but we have uh, Plato's Closet where yeah. mm-hmm. they they won't give you they won't give you much of anything. It's almost like GameStop thing where you give it to them like, I oh, will give you a, a four fifty for it. And then they put it out on the rack for 12 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It is easier just to take that little bit of extra legwork and then, you know, resell it online or marketplace or wherever. I'd, I'd be better off buying that off season. Oh, speaking of petty crimes, I know someone, they quit their full-time corporate job because he and his wife were selling makeup online and they were going to TJ Maxx and getting the imperfect makeup by like Jeffree Star and Urban Decay, these really expensive makeup brands and selling it online. Oh. They're also finding it on palettes that were going through a storm. They were like being slightly imperfect. But here's the thing. They could have been, my hairdresser actually told me that a lot of the shampoos you buy at TJ Maxx are off brand or they've been fondled with or they have a higher percentage of water and alcohol different types whoa of really not make it to the salon so but this they were selling makeup online marking it up and did they get in trouble i don't think so i think they found a way to do that legally wow yeah i can see how that wouldn't be illegal and if you do it right yeah yeah, yeah that's true and tennessee's really lax on things 
it's kind of like those people back in the day who used to buy DVDs or whatever and then sell them on eBay. And in very small writing, would just be like, oh, this is just for the box. And But they'd have a picture of like the oh. DVD and people would buy it and be like, I spent $20 on a box? That's horrible. I lost my Lion King movie and I wanted it on DVD. And I think I got the British version of it. It wasn't even oh. voices. Oh. <laughs> I've got the Canadian version of uh, all of the Jurassic Park movies. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's it's the it's the most polite DVD I've ever had because <laughs> it actually does polite? it actually does thank you for for buying from them. It's like oh, thank you for purchasing this movie like before the movie even starts. <laughs> Wait, so but like they speak English in Canada, right? So yeah, like, I, I think it has. It's just whatever their pressing was or something. I don't know. Do they just add a? At the end? <laughs> no, they're not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, there's just so many scams. This like in today's age, I mean, you have to be careful. But also, like, if something brings you joy, like, go buy that, right? Yeah. If you have the money for it. That's what I said. I did an episode to follow up on talking about Lula Rich. I said, look, if your MLM is bringing you a sense of community, a sense of joy. Go ahead and do that. I'm just going to tell you why I'm not going to do that. I will, I've bought stuff from MLMs. I want a basket from an MLM. And they're like, want to host a party? And I'm like, no. <laughs> this was a, it was pure romance, which they actually have the best bubble bath I've used. But she's like, you want to have a party? And I was like, no. And then uh, my mom listens to my podcast and uh, I better not talk about it too much on the show. <laughs> but. I'm I love like, that. Yeah, it's... My, my mom was actually helping my girlfriend sell some of her cookies the other day, and she said that she is going to host a uh, pure romance party at her house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Your mother like, is going I, yeah. to do that, Trevin? Yeah, I thought... Like, Emily's telling me this story, and I'm like, really? Like, she just had this conversation with you, and she said, yeah, she just wants to spice things up and thought about throwing a pure romance party. I'm like... Wow, okay. I don't know my mom anymore. I want to go to that party. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. Oh my gosh. Having that conversation with your mother-in-law, that's awkward. Yeah. And if you knew Trevin's mom too, she is like the sweetest little, like <laughs> most wholesome woman. <laughs> yeah, she's just like. a, a country woman that likes to plant her own vegetables and, you know, just <laughs> she likes to home make anything that she can. And she's just like, ah, oh, spice up the bedroom, have a party. Wow. Here's where they get you. When it's time to buy something, they have you meet in the room privately with the pure brands payments person. And I guess it's like, if you got your kinks, you only, only one person has to know about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's nerve wracking being in a room one-on-one with someone I don't even know. And then like, here's my list. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. So your mom's going to have to like corner people in a room and be like, do you want this lube? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't imagine my mom would be a very good salesperson for that kind of a thing. I doubt she would do it. Like as much of as much of like a uh, home remedy person she is, she'd be like, oh, "I'll just use olive oil. No thanks." <laughs> coconut. I hear coconut oil. Yeah, she's like, "This is expensive. No way." Oh my god, I'm gonna start crying. My mom was a very frugal woman, so I I can't imagine she'd be buying too much. Maybe just getting uh, an idea so she can take that idea to Amazon. I don't know. Like, what do you have off-brand? Like, we don't. 
<laughs> Love it. Yeah, but my friend told me that she uses their, there's a perfume they have called the Basic Instinct Perfume, and it's a pheromone enhancer. Oh. And she would work as a bartender and said that she always got bigger tips when she used it. Hmm. Well, then that is purchase worthy. That is purchase worthy. Because, I mean, I spend $100 on Chanel Chance or I spend $30, which, which is worth it to me, purchase worthy, because it just it smells good. And I always get compliments on how I smell. But yeah, the basic instinct and wow. give it a whirl. Wow. Yeah, it's worth a shot. I mean, especially if you're in a business where, you know, you're trying to make people be more agreeable or whatever, buy your stuff. I should have have known about that when I worked at all those churches. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put that on and go ask for a raise at work. (laughs) Let us know how that goes, Trevor. (laughs) I'll be the CEO in no time. I was talking with Abby of Mysterious Past and Present, and she was talking about how, you know, there's a, I think it's like Church of Christ that goes and knocks on people's doors and then asks them to join the church. They were trying to come in my house. They're like, well, because I told him, he's like, and I go to church. I said, yeah, I go to Methodist church, and I really like it. They're like, well, if you want to try something more serious, you need to come to our church. Can we come in? And then off the top of my head, and my parents are good Christian people. They thought this was hilarious. I said, well, I would let you in, but I just did a sage cleansing, so I'm going to have to let you go. (laughs) <laughs> I close the door and I hear the guy goes, what's a stage cleansing? Goes, you don't need to go near that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Oh my God. <laughs> like my house is cleansed. Please back away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's another thing too. Like, there's door-to-door salesmen for all different kinds of things, even churches. Even when they say no soliciting, they still do it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. My old neighborhood was so bad, I went out of my way to get no soliciting sign, and luckily we didn't have any knocks after that. Yeah, yeah. But it was the worst, because you just get so awkward into stuff. And I mean, I never said yes to anything, but it still broke a part of my soul off every time I had to chew them away and say, I'm not paying you. This wasn't a salesperson, but this is really awkward. I once had a guy come to my door and he's like, um, yeah, I'm looking for somebody else. I said, yeah, I'm, you know, I didn't want to tell him I was the only person that lived in my house because I know the guy I said, yeah, what are you looking for? He's like, um, this, and the guy gave him my address. Turns out it was a grinder hookup. Oh, wow. And then I called the guy. I got his phone. I was like, let me get his phone number. I said, hey, why are you sending him to my house? He said, well, I really not in a situation where I can send him to my house. And I said, yeah, don't send him to my house. This creeps me out. I'm like, no offense, sir. I looked at him like, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> you said, so this was, you were on the phone with him in front of the guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I live near an Aldi and the, first, the numbers of my house, the numbers and then it's the same first. So they were going to meet at the Aldi parking lot and then go do their thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I my God. I Aldi's address. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so awkward. Yeah. It's like, go do your thing, but, like, leave me out of this. <laughs> yeah, like, this is weird. And then the car was there the next day. <gasps> <laughs> wow. 
Oh, but when I'm home and people are home, it's like their sanctuaries. That's our personal time. Nobody mm-hmm. should be doing door to door anything. No. Right. Yeah. I know we, my, my husband, he's, I've talked about this on our show, but he is just too, um, he, he doesn't know when to say no to, to door to door salespeople. And so, yeah, we, I have a no soliciting sign, which so far, honestly, so good, good. but beforehand i mean he was gonna put new windows on our old old house and he was gonna do all sorts of things i'm just like okay i have to put a stopping to this because you cannot control yourself we had that person yeah uh when we went to that kids thing where emily was selling cookies that you came to Uh there was a woman next to us that had a table for water softeners and I don't think I ever talked about this on the show, but something else big must have been going on because this was a crazy situation. This woman came up to us and was like, hey, do you want to sign up and get a free water softener? And I was like, well, we just recently bought a house, so I guess. Uh, and so Emily had signed up because Emily's sister signed up and just felt kind of awkward about it. So like the day after, we started getting all these weird phone calls and all these people were just like, oh, we have to s- schedule a time to come bring you the water softener. We got to bring it over to you. And I was like, I thought, I just thought something free was getting mailed to me. I didn't think we were getting people to show up. So this woman comes over, brings a, like a big suitcase and fills up these little tubes of water. And she puts these little drips of things in them. And I I swear it's probably just done in some way to make it look worse than what it is. And she's like, look at this water. This is what you drink every day. It's disgusting, gross. And like all this stuff. And uh, she goes on. And we're like, okay, because we actually had other things to do. We literally thought this woman was just dropping it by. She goes on this spiel for a while. And then, like, Emily cuts her off and says, hey, we got stuff to do tonight. Didn't realize this was a whole presentation. No, thank you. And uh, she, like, sits there in our kitchen and looks at us and goes, so you're going to tell me you're okay with drinking this? Like, just basically, like, you nasty people. Like, how dare you? I, I, I can't imagine you don't want to buy this. You're so gross. And we had to tell her like three more times and to the point where she wouldn't leave. And Emily was sitting there like rolling dough and making cookies and stuff while the woman is still just like talking to herself and like mixing things up and being like, are you seeing this? And I'm like, no, nobody's seeing this because we we're waiting for you to leave. So then we finally said, just give us our free thing and go. And she was like, oh, I didn't bring it in. So she had to go into the, go get it from the car, which I'm sure was a sales tactic to not bring it in in the first place. Yeah. She went and got it, brought it in. And uh, we were like, oh, just give us your card because, like, we're not going to decide tonight. And she was trying to sell all this special soap because once you get your water softened, you need a special soap. And told her I didn't want to do that. And she was basically kind of, like, putting us down, too, because she was saying, like, oh, you drink nasty water. And then she said, hello, she was like, how often do you even wash your clothes? Like, and (gasps) and she she was, like, trying to give us. She was like, how often do you wash your clothes? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, well, give me on a scale of one to 10. And I'm like, I have never in my life had to answer the question on a scale of one to 10, how often I wash clothes. And she was like, well, surely it's not a zero. And so we were like, okay, you know, just go. And we finally got her to go. And then the company kept calling and like harassing Emily. And they were just like, oh, uh, did you want to buy or did you want to do this? And I was like, no, not interested. Leave me alone. Hung up on him. And then this lady starts calling again. And at this point, Emily's like, I'm not answering the phone anymore. And the lady leaves this this message. And she's like, oh, hey, this is 
blah, blah, blah's manager at the water place. And uh, we were just calling to get you uh, to confirm that she actually came out. But I guess since you're not going to answer, we'll just mark it down that she didn't come. And we'll just, you know, just have to knock her for not showing up. Like they're just like, trying to make us feel bad. Like we're going to get somebody fired or something. Cause we didn't answer their call anymore. It was nuts. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why I never made it to the show, but that was just a ridiculous situation. I never felt so awkward in my life. And then to have them basically put it over our heads, like we're going to put somebody on the street or something. Cause we didn't want to answer their calls anymore. Oof. First they tried to make you feel better about drinking water. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> It was ruthless. I've never heard, I've never seen a company work that hard for a sale yeah, to go as wow. far as they just guilt me that bad. So whenever there's something free, they're they're not they're gonna make you work for it. Yeah. Oh my god. And I remember my hairdresser told me about a water softener. You buy a filter for you can it's on TikTok. You just buy a filter for your shower and it filters out the harsh minerals. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that water softener she's gonna sell you probably costs a couple hundred dollars. Uh, it was definitely, yeah, it was, it was like a big, it almost looked like a, uh, air purifier or something that was going to go yeah. to the source of where the water comes in through the house or something. I don't know. That's ridiculous. The air purifier was, it was like 120 worth. And I was like, sure, I'll get a free air purifier. But I was like, oh, I have to go to an event and they're going to try to sucker me even. In- <laughs> they're like, sign right here. You're going to be selling your soul. Like, uh, <laughs> oh my God. And I was impressed by the product, but I'm not $4,800 impressed. No, oh, no, no, no. That, that's, that's tuition for coding school, you know? that. Right. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Did I see a cat in the background, Trevin? Yeah, Harvey was up here chirping at me. <laughs> Harvey, I heard you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. She's playing hard to get right now. She always plays hard to get. That's true. I had boots on my lap for a while, but we were in the middle of something, so I didn't pick him up to show him. Aww. Yeah, he's the easiest one out of all of them. So Becky from Homespun Hates has a cat named Ella. I met her when she was on the show. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to interview with them, actually. Oh, my gosh. I love their podcast. I, I met them in person last week. Oh, really? Oh, really? Where? They came to Nashville to do some in-person ghost tours. So we did a tour around Nashville and I'm going to come out and say it. I, you know, I've always, I do believe in paranormal and always been open to it. Like to hear people's stories. I actually captured my first ghost on camera. Oh, nice. What? Yeah, it was wild. It was it was a story of a girl named Georgia and she was in a very unhealthy relationship and basically so saw something moving the window and I'm like, am I just seeing something? And it was up close one minute. It was far away the next minute. And it was basically an outshadow of a girl wearing a veil. Hmm. Yeah. See, I am more of the believer with this kind of stuff and Trevin's definitely more of the skeptic. Yeah. Um, but I am, I'm all about like, you know, like the spiritual world and, and people hanging out after, you know, their lives and all that. Like I'm into medium readings and everything. And Trevin's just like, yeah, well, they probably looked you up on social media. (laughs) (laughs) I I was sitting in a hotel, I'm sitting in a hotel and where the light is flickering when it was off or on. 
the light was flickering when I walked in and then I'm like, uh, I just took a picture of a ghost this weekend. No, <laughs> the lights flicker for some reason. <laughs> that was not the time for poor electricity. <laughs> That's so cool oh that you guys gosh. met though. I didn't even see that. Did you guys post anything on social media that you were together? If so, yeah. I missed it. I only got one photo. So I went to the Airbnb and hung out with them. So I only got one photo from that night. And then uh, Becky and I took a photo right before I, we left. Mm. Nice. A, yeah. One day, we all, like all of us in our little group, we all need to get together. I would love that. I know. I want to meet everyone in person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that would be, would be so cool. cool. We would have to find a central location, which I don't know what that would be, honestly. Um, cause some people are in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we got somebody from London and we've got castles and cryptids. I've talked to Mindless Morning Show. They're now fabled fiction with Dakota and Dakota. Oh man. Slipping my mind. They were super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Where do they live? One's in Florida. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause they always talk about our Florida crimes. Like, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I make so many bad jokes about Florida when I have friends and family in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just too easy. (laughs) It really is. And I mean, I'm from Tennessee. (laughs) Our ends are not clean. Yeah. (laughs) We're from Missouri. It gets pretty weird out here too. (laughs) Oh yeah. So you're actually from the same state as the way down then. Yes, that oh. yeah, that's that's thirty minutes from my house. And oh, the, that's so cool! The plane crash from the Way Down documentary that occurred—it's about a mile from my house. Oh, <gasps> in the Priest Lake area. Oh my I'm, god! I cannot wait to see the continued part of that because oh, I was going to ask when is that coming out. I, I thought it was some point this year. I think early part, maybe even March. Funny story: I read Way Down the book. It's basically intuitive eating. It's basically <clears> saying, "Hey." follow your cravings and you know eating everything in moderation is just the best way to go about it all she's mm-hmm. yeah and she has credentials i mean she um had a master's degree from the university of tennessee and then she was a professor at the university of memphis so she had credentials to talk about nutrition i think where it went crazy is when she started a church out of it and that's wow yeah. And- yeah that's what i was always i was telling emily when we watched that like it just she got too big of a head there because if she would have not tried to make a religion out of it, yeah, I'm sorry, big, big hair. <laughs> I know why you're laughing because we've seen photos of her. Yeah. You it, can't say stuff like that. Trevin. <laughs> she looks like a UFO. Oh my gosh. No, she's not haunting my hotel. <laughs> skinny body. <laughs> oh my God. That hair. I've never seen anything like it. What? No, they were afraid to tell her. Oh my god! That, that's how you can tell, like how far along she is in her power, is judging by how big her hair is. As that's where she stores all of her power, actually. Yeah. Wow! So that's how it got so big at the end. So much power. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if she wouldn't have tried to start a religion out of it, she would have had an easy money making. I mean, she had it. All she would have had to do is keep publishing the same book, and instead of saying how to lose weight, prayed away. How about how to quit smoking, prayed away. How to quit drinking, prayed away. It just keep making a different book about the same thing, basically. She would just keep making money, but she had to make a religion out of it. She had it, yeah. Well, even the Dave Ramsey thing, um, Ramsey Solutions, which I might get a lot of flack for this one, but 
he has a lot of good principles. I will say that. I, you know, I agree with the snowball method and, you know, you want to be out of debt. You want to have that financial freedom and, you know, max out your 401k. Those are all great ideas, but they make it out of a religion. I know this because my dad was a Methodist pastor and they would, somebody from Ramsey Solutions would call and want to come into the church and do a presentation. I was really, really? I, yeah. yeah, I went to a mega church in Nashville and they came to this church and, you know, one, they, one time they had the pastor doing a sermon about getting out of debt. And then the daughter came and spoke to our church and then they had somebody to do a big presentation out of it. Say, he's like, this is the last time I was talking about money. And then the guy, and it just turned us all off. We're like, what? But they, Whoa. their business, they go in, they call on churches, they tell churches to do the program. People have to spend $108 on a kit plus tax. And then, you know, they learn that debt is a sin and, you know, Yikes. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, Emily's parents are very religious and my mom is moderately and they all, they all are very big believers in Dave Ramsey and what he does and follow really? his stuff. It's, it's almost just like he's got the backing of the church, which is almost the best kind of advertisement, really. Really? People bring their religion into it. And a lot of, keep going back to it, a lot of people in the multi-level marketing are involved in church. Mm-hmm. Like right. every pastor's wife at the mega church I go to is involved in MLM. <laughs> right, right. I just think that that's a really vulnerable place to find people because I don't know. Anytime you you tie spirituality into like business, I just feel like that's not what why people are going to church right. for the most reasons I would say. So it's like that's just kind of a vulnerable situation. It yeah. hurts my heart. <clears throat> yeah. And ironically, my dad's churches would always be over budget. So he's like, you know, I don't have a problem getting people to tithe. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like the whole thing with like churches and money. I mean, I went to a very, very small, small Methodist church when I was young. And it was like, you know, everyone would give what they could give. And if you couldn't, it was fine. And it's like, to, then to come in and and just like target people like that that's really that makes me feel really sad cuz i know a lot of people at my church like struggled yeah back then and so it's like i don't know or just the shame with it his whole motto is debt is dumb cash is king i'm sorry but most people are in debt either from student loans because who's got $20,000 a year in cash right. at 18 to buy their college or, you know, they're buying a car. I mean, yeah, you can buy a beater, but if you're in regional sales like I am, where you're driving a lot, you want something reliable. And he says the only debt should be your mortgage. Well, you, can, you can't get a mortgage without a credit score. I mean, right. you could at some point in time. Right now, you couldn't. Yeah. The shaping yeah. that's tied to that program and, you know, telling people that they're stupid, that's not Christian. Right. It's <laughs> not. It's like, uh, I already feel bad about having debt. So like, can we not go there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody feels good having it. You don't need to add insult to injury. Oh. Right. Like no one's thrilled about it. Don't pour salt on the wound. It's just like, <laughs> it's like you break up with your boyfriend of all time and then everybody tells you they didn't like him anyway. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't pour salt on the wound. Yeah. Oh man. That's harsh. Yeah. 
that somebody's got to do a documentary on it though. Somebody, and I guess they probably I'm surprised they haven't. Maybe those, maybe the Ramsey solutions will sue them, but there's so oh. much controversy around that whole organization. He's had, he was having parties during COVID. Oh, wow. During the peak of COVID, the thick of COVID. And then <laughs> when the, when the pandemic first came out, he was making fun of it basically. Oh Sounds God! Right. I I heard I have a friend that works there. She said that during the process of interview, you have to bring your significant other with you. Rumor has it they have to make sure you're not gay. <gasps> that makes sense. <gasps> yeah. yeah, I just flipped my braid. I know no one can see that, but wow, I saw it. <laughs> That is horrible. Oh my God. Someone needs to do a documentary. You're so right. Why don't we just get together and do this? That would do so well. Let's just do it. and Yeah. Take we'd probably down. Find, we'd find our own debt from Ramsey taking us down. If we right. Them. I know. <laughs> well, I'll make sure you're in debt now. After me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would honestly probably be really scary to go against him. I get it. But. Ooh. Yeah, think of how many like one star Apple reviews he could get us overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Not even to mention money in debt. And, and it's the same thing, he's got a religious following. So, yeah, they would come at us. Yeah. Without Ooh. really needing much of a reason or, uh, what, like, what am I, you know, just without much of a reason or evidence. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to discourage anyone who likes Dave Ramsey from listening to my podcast. <laughs> there you go yeah we really hit some hot button issues tonight <laughs> and, and guys if you're listening to this and you haven't turned me off already please this, this is just to have a chuckle it's not to attack anyone how you make your money is your business how you manage your money is your business part of the reason I went from being a money management podcast to you know higher self-worth and net worth talking about growing your money and growing your self-worth and just you know I just want to have fun. I want to give everyone a spotlight. I want people to come on the show and talk about what they're passionate about. So if you don't agree with it, that's fine. It's, you know, mind your own biscuits. Life will be gravy. (laughs) I love that. We don't. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't take Trevin and I too seriously ever. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we are the the people who are anti-serious really. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of love this mashup that we've had because, I mean, your show is very, like, educational and honestly, like, I need to get better at, like, even though I'm very frugal on things, there's a lot about finances that I just feel like are so over my head. I know you just had on, like, a tax guy and all these really important conversations, but I'm so glad we were able to, ha- like, be a part of your show, even though... You know, I've been listeners of you guys for about a year now. So mm-hmm. being a listener and just hearing what you guys have to say and just knowing how I relate to you guys, like I got to get them on the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun to, to guest on other shows because, you know, some people expect like when when we would ask, I would ask some people like, hey, you want to be on our show? And they say, oh, I don't do petty crimes. And I'm just like, do you do talking do you do do you do you know do you just communicate life somewhere or not 
Yeah, because I, I mean, like we we will do any type of show really as long as we feel you know connected to it. I mean, I don't have to talk about a petty crime one on any show. You know, I I can talk about. I mean, it's been nice talking about this uh, the money things. I I really I feel like I'm good with money, but I didn't think that I'd be able to keep a conversation about money going this long. And I mean, done it just fine. I mean, I think I'm a human being, and I know I know the world, so we can all just have a conversation. So it's nice to. I like being able to not have to just talk about what my show is because, you know, we're more than one dimensional people, which is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Listener discretion is not advised. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Ooh, that would be a good title, Trevin. What was it? The listener discretion is not advised? Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll give you some credit, Ella, if that ever happens. <laughs> yes, thank you. Speaking of which, tell everyone where we can find you guys, how people can give it a listen, just if they want a good chuckle for the day, and just how we can support you all. Oh, man. So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Hold uh, on. Okay. That's impressive. I, I can barely keep up with just my Instagram. You Ugh. know what? It's a lot sometimes, but... You are one person. At least Trev and I have each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're we're on all of those platforms. And I think for the majority of them, it's just seriously sinister podcast, except for Twitter. Yeah, seriously, seriously sin, pod. sin pod. Yeah. There's but um we have a website any... now. Oh yeah, tell them about that. Seriously sinister.com. We have that. Yes. Merchandise. And... Yeah, we got the merch. We've got a blog that I will be working on a lot more going forward. And um, yeah, I mean, we if you can find a listening platform that we're not on, uh, let me know and I will make sure we're on it. And then for maybe Friday, since we're all cat people, you guys did feature Simba. I touched yep. my heart. Oh my gosh, yes. For maybe Friday was something that I really wanted to do just because, well, first of all, I like doing things based on like days of the week. <laughs> like I, I like to do memes on Mondays and you know, Fridays are just like, I don't know. I just feel like Friday is that day to just have like a warm fuzzy after a long week. Um, but yeah, if any of your listeners ever want us to feature their fur baby on our page, you can email us to seriously sinister at gmail.com or any of our social medias. Um, we love featuring people's, pets we've had bunnies cats dogs have we had anything else i'm trying to get a snake yet no we haven't we haven't even had a bird yet which surprises me yeah yeah so if you have any like really cool animals like send send them our way um and also if you have any petty crime stories we would love to hear about it and possibly feature one of those on our show too and you'd get to hear your story with like dramatic music written by trevin and so effects so (laughs) oh good the way it's presented oh yeah but i think we all witness petty crimes we just don't even think about them every day yeah yeah i mean we do them ourselves and just for some people it's second nature and they don't even think about you know the criminal inside yeah like ghosting (laughs) or i love the one about ghosting that you guys did (laughs) yeah i love that one too that should have been in my top five as well oh yeah i love that one that was a good one 
I, I love but, playing with that ex, or like mess with expectations, like build it up and you think, what crime is this going to go to? And then sometimes it's very anticlimactic and that's not technically a crime at all. I mean, it's a crime to me. I'm still hurting, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, any like mundane crime that you think could be turned into a funny story, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and don't feel like you don't have enough information. I've We've had people send in listener stories where they will write the entire thing out, basically, and then I just have to barely tweak it. Or we've had people be like, here's the gist, to run with it. And then, you know, we do it our, ourselves. You, you know, you don't have to be a writer or anything to get your idea across. It's very, we couldn't be more flexible and chill with the way that we do this. Yeah, it, it's so good. Very entertaining. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, if you haven't heard the show, it is on Spotify. That's where I listen. Me too. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're basically on all of them. I mean, I think we've really, I mean, we're on Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcast. Audible. I mean, I'm on two different, uh, two different uh, audio companies out of India. Yeah, we're on, it's like Ghana and Geo Saven or something like that. Like, I have listeners in India. Oh, you should check those out then. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, we would love to hear from any of your listeners. I'm sure you, you have some well-rounded people because you talk about so many different topics within your main theme. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so if you guys got a petty crime get a hold of Seriously Sinister. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? (sighs) (laughs) I almost said our ending catchphrase, but like... (laughs) Yeah, I almost did too. I felt on the spot there. I mean, no, I I just, I respect and appreciate all the work that you put into your podcast and I'm just so glad you had us on. It's been like a really nice conversation. Yes, this has been awesome. Yeah, definitely glad we did this. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.